Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Good. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I want to send a special shout out to my friend Simon, who suggested this idea, because today we are talking about the Marvel series What If on Disney+. Plus. Now, it's nine episodes over there. It's got this kind of cel-shaded CGI style to it. And if you haven't seen it yet, full spoilers are going to be on for this one. Uh, <laughs> I just don't want to say anything from these episodes that, um, you know, might be something you haven't caught up with yet. Or if you're on the fence about it, I'm not going to say every little thing that happens in these episodes. But I just wanted to throw that out there. The very get-go, just so that way <laughs> you're not like, oh, no, I, I didn't want to know that. Anyway, I'm going to be talking about the entirety of season one, which was nine episodes. I think originally it was going to be ten, but one of them was pushed to the next season. There's a season two coming, I believe. And I'm going to be talking about these episodes um, in ascending order personally for me. Uh, this is not going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is going from, I guess you would consider it to be my least liked one to my most liked. And I want to say this too. None of these episodes are really bad. I didn't come out of any of them going like, oh, that was horrible. But there were just some that resonated with me a lot more. And I just want to say also at the top too, I'm usually not a fan of these kind of um, CG animated series or like the kind of the cell shaded, just the, the art style usually doesn't work for me. But something about this one they really pulled it off. It's really, really nice. And uh, they do these kind of things with um, the explosions or the dust and stuff that kind of are 2D mixed in. It, it blends really well. And it also helps that a majority of the actors who play these characters on screen are back in this. So it makes it feel so much more authentic. Uh, and especially some of the new characters like the Watcher himself. A great addition. I'm, you know, we get kind of a tease of that in, I think it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but I would like to see um, that character potentially in the MCU. But for anybody who's like, what the heck, Jimmy, what are you even talking about? What If is a series that focuses on this character known as the Watcher in a way. The Watcher is this cosmic being who gets to see the Marvel multiverse, as it were, which means that he sees every different kind of universe that's happening simultaneously. And his whole thing is he can watch, but he doesn't intervene. So he can see things going really, really badly, and usually he doesn't intervene, and he just kind of sees how these events play out and how they are different from the Marvel Cinematic Universe we all know and are personally attached to, or at least I am, I can say that. <laughs> uh, but let's start at, I, again, the bottom, not really like a bad episode, but this one to me, I was like, eh. It didn't have the same punch as some of the other ones um, that I liked, even though it does include a couple heavy hitters. I'm so sorry. When I'm alone, I can make as many puns as I want. Anyway, this one is, what if Thor were an only child? Now, the basic premise for this is if Loki wasn't adopted into the family and Thor basically just was that kind of bratty guy, Prince of Asgard forever and came and caused some, you know, problems on earth uh, not in a mean way he just likes to party with all of his friends and how shield at the time kind of responds by calling in carol danvers aka captain marvel to deal with him now for me the coolest part about this episode was watching thor fight uh, captain marvel and they're pretty close in power it seems like 
I just enjoy watching two like two really really strong beings uh do a one-on-one fight uh that's just like my my devil may cry roots i like watching dante fight virgil i like watching thor fight captain marvel and that fight could go on and on and on but that was the kind of the coolest thing for me the rest of it's just like a lot of jokes uh there's still kind of that romance that you get from the original thor between him and jane foster but um other than that uh it was just kind of like oh that's kind of a fun idea However, I do want to say this at the very end of that episode that leads into some of my favorites, uh, but I will get back to that later on. The next one on my list is maybe one that I think a lot of people were so, so excited about when they first unveiled uh, the What If series in general, and that's a a pretty well-known comic run known as Marvel Zombies. So What If Zombies, basically, it takes all the fundamental aspects of a zombie horror film and applies it to superheroes so if you know these superheroes died they would come back as these you know brain eating creatures but also retain their superpowers that's fine i i think the problem for me with this type of thing is usually in a horror movie you're so limited with your abilities as you know characters because usually you have to outsmart and outwit but you can't usually overpower But when you have superheroes, you know, if you're going to fight superhero zombies, that's very scary. But at the same time, when you're trying to kind of figure out a cure or to, like, get to a place, it's not as difficult as it is in, like, like a zombie horror film. Not that I'm a huge horror film guy at all, but there's just, like, some stuff where I keep thinking, like, like logistically, I'm like, oh, you could have done this differently. Like, you could have, with your superpowers, you could have flown and done this or do that. And I shouldn't be thinking about that during something like this, but... Again, it's not a bad episode, and there are a few of the the heroes, especially one in particular later on, that uh, if that individual came back as a zombie with all the powers, it would be very, very scary. And we actually see that individual pop up later, too, which is kind of fun. But again, I think it's more of a novelty. It's kind of a cliffhanger ending, so I don't know if we're going to see a lot of these kind of continued in Season 2, because in a way, what you could do is you could have this whole series go on for multiple seasons and have like, you know, eight or nine different shows running simultaneously. But some of them have a little bit more of a kind of a finite ending or there's only so much you can do with it. This one could go on and on potentially. But again, it was just kind of like, oh, that's kind of a fun novel idea. But it didn't really impact me Um more so than just seeing like zombie Captain America, like how creepy is that? And that just kind of comes and goes. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, the next one though, that this is where it, for me, it starts to get kind of interesting. What if T'Challa became Star Lord? Yes, T'Challa, you know him, the king of Wakanda, uh, the Black Panther. What if he were abducted by Yondu instead of Peter Quill? That's kind of a fun one for me. Uh, the thing that I really enjoy about this is seeing not only T'Challa in space where he thrives because he's T'Challa, uh, but also seeing these other characters that he teams up with, these other Ravagers, including the big purple man himself, Thanos, uh, who has this kind of on-running joke where he's kind of talking to everybody and Thanos is kind of a good guy in this version. But he talks to people about his plan, you know, with the Infinity Gauntlet. And 
everybody he talks to, he's like, yeah, so that's my plan. It's a pretty good plan. And they're like, uh, we're pretty sure that's genocide. And he's like, no, no, no. It's like, you're not listening to me. And it's just this on running joke. And it's funny because we all know how serious that character normally is. But then to see him in this context, I thought was pretty fun. I was like, oh, that's kind of a good kind of uh, funny twist on that character. But they end up fighting against, um, Tavon Tavalier, Tavalier, I just was at California Adventure. I should know this. The Collector. Uh, And he's got a bunch of different things, uh, a bunch of different weapons from all of your favorite characters that he gets to use. One of them, the like his best one, it was kind of confusing to me that it was the thing that gave him the power. But uh, yeah, there's a kind of an interesting kind of it's Guardians of the Galaxy but with some twists thrown in uh, and he is like the main bad guy instead of um, Ronan, the accuser. But yeah, again, pretty good episode. I was not like it was. This is where it's starting to get more and more interesting for me. Kind of getting close to the middle of the road here uh, is that what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Now, this was the first episode to come out and it's pretty straightforward. It basically just kind of takes and messes with the script a little bit from Captain America, the first Avenger. So instead of Steve Rogers, you get Peggy Carter as the captain, as it were, and that kind of Captain Britain. And then uh, instead they put good old Steve Rogers in kind of a super like Mark zero, 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 you know, (laughs) Iron Man suit uh, that Howard Stark makes for him. And a lot of the same beats uh, for this one. Obviously, they change it up a little bit. But I liked that one. Peggy, I think, was... I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. And that's kind of what I thought most of the What If episodes would be, would just kind of change just like one character in the world and how that would kind of shift everything. But that's not the case. Some of these other ones get pretty nuts. Uh, But I enjoyed that one. Like I said, pretty straightforward. And I also really liked the first Avenger as a film. So going back to that kind of style and uh, plot for me, I was like, yeah, this is nice. This is pretty straightforward. I enjoy it. And again, I liked Peggy as uh, Captain Carter, but, uh, you know, I still love Steve. Steve's my guy. I love Steve Rogers. He's great. Uh, Then we start to get into some more of the kind of weirder stuff. This one to me was a little more thought provoking, uh, which is what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? This one is all about what if before the Avengers could assemble somebody went around and killed all of them. So basically what you see here are moments from the films or things like that that uh, are before precede the Avengers. So uh, one of the moments that stuck out to me was seeing the kind of the campus scene in The Incredible Hulk where they kind of trap Bruce Banner in that kind of glass bridge and he kind of, they tear gas it or whatever, and he freaks out and jumps out and he starts attacking the military. So they have that sequence in there. However, with all of those characters, they are all targeted beforehand. And this is including the ones who aren't necessarily super powered, uh, even though they're all considered superheroes. That's a topic for a whole other show. But uh, that means like your Hawkeyes and your Black Widows are also considered for this as well. Now, the fun thing about this episode for me is trying to figure out who done it. That's basically what this episode is. It's like, okay, who the heck wants to take out the Avengers before the Avengers even exist? I'm not going to give it away here, but I'll just say that I enjoyed the reveal 
I also really enjoy this individual's uh, vocal performance. I'm like, hey, look at that. That's great. And uh, just kind of getting that taste of uh, a mystery, like a murder mystery in Marvel was like, oh, this is cool. This is kind of what What If can do. It kind of reminds me of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, where they can kind of tackle things that maybe a mainline Star Wars movie wouldn't. This is another one of those types of things where if they made a whole movie about it, it could get spoiled with just a few words. But when you do it on an episode like this, then you can have a little bit more fun. And I appreciated that. The next one that I thought was really fascinating uh, was, and it was just a little bit of a change up. And I remember seeing the headline or the title for this. And I was like, man, really, this is what they're going for. And that is, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Now, for those who don't remember exactly, in the beginning of all the Marvel stuff, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, before it was the Cinematic Universe, it was Iron Man back in 2008. Now, Tony Stark goes out into the desert. Um, I think he's in Afghanistan or somewhere down there, and he's testing out the Jericho missile. It's the super missile, and he's still a weapons manufacturer, arms dealer at this point. But his Humvee, his convoy, gets attacked, and he barely makes it out with his life, and he takes some shrapnel from one of his own missiles, and then he's, you know, he's barely alive, but then he gets captured by terrorists, and they force him to build another Jericho missile, but that's where he builds, like, the Mark Zero or One, I forget which one it is, but Iron Man suit. However, in this one, it's what if Killmonger showed up, and Tony actually didn't get hurt that way, and Killmonger... Uh, Eric Killmonger from Black Panther, the villain there, shows up and saves him and then becomes kind of this indispensable arm of Stark Industries. And what would happen if somebody like Killmonger, with his eyes and his designs on Wakanda, uh, were at kind of the back of his mind or underneath the surface while he kind of infiltrates Stark Industries. And it's kind of this mastermind playing a lot of different sides thing. It's interesting. It's fascinating. And Michael B. Jordan, uh, it's always cool to see him come back as Killmonger. And like the music for Killmonger, which I still really love, uh, you know, pops up and it's great every time. It's like, oh, mm, I love it. I love it so much. But that episode to me, I thought, okay, now we're starting to dive into something that is a little bit more than just, oh, we're going to flip a name, you know, or something. We're going to put a character in where they don't belong. Um, this was more like, okay, what if we, we insert a character that has existed for a while and put them in a point in time that we are not familiar with, uh, with characters that we're not used to seeing them. Uh, work alongside like that to me I'm like okay now we're getting somewhere like that I was like okay this could have been you know again it, it fits perfectly in what if because as a movie it, it would be hard to go back and be like all right we're doing what if you know films like this but again I just thought it was really cool and interesting and this is where we get into my top three these to me are the best ones uh, because they hit the hardest and they are focused on characters that I like the most. And I think your mileage is going to vary depending on which characters in Marvel you enjoy the most. Because if Thor is your absolute favorite character or Loki is your favorite character, then if Thor were an only child, that might be your favorite episode. But let's get into it. Uh, this is what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Now, when I saw this title, I was thinking, oh, okay, this just means like, I don't know if it's going to be like Tony Stark where he gets in the car accident 
And instead of losing his hands or his ability to use his hands, he gets hurt in the heart. And then, you know, physically and emotionally, it changes him. No. This comes in where he is actually driving with his girlfriend, uh, Christine, I believe it is. And she dies in that car accident. He's fine, but she dies, uh, more or less. He's okay. And that sets him on his path that he's on in Doctor Strange. But what happens is he finally discovers the Eye of Agamotto, um, which is an infinity stone. If you guys don't remember, it's the time stone. And he basically goes back and he's like, what if I can bring her back? And he is told eventually by the Ancient One that her death is an absolute point in time. There is no way possible for you to bring her back and not destroy everything. So he goes on an even greater journey uh, to kind of discover even more about the mystic arts and eventually finds this guy in this temple and learns about this kind of like absorption power where he can summon these things and these like crazy creepy monsters into himself. And he wants to just do that continuously to gain enough power to basically break that point in time because he wants to save her no matter what. It's this kind of beautiful, sad romance, uh, which I think kind of makes it pack more of a punch than the original Doctor Strange. But it has this kind of interesting conclusion, which I don't want to give away completely here, where it sets this character up for the next um, episodes that I'm going to touch on briefly. But this is a dark Doctor Strange. This is like... He's not completely evil, I would say, but you can see he's transformed by all of the kind of um, scary things he's absorbed over time. And it's just cool. I'm a really big fan of Doctor Strange. I know my friend Levi is too. I just think with characters that have magic, uh, you have so many opportunities and advantages that you can kind of tell very different stories and do a lot of different cool, crazy things, not only thematically, but visually. And, you know, seeing him come back and getting his whole episode like this, I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, but now we move into the last two, which actually kind of go hand in hand. Uh, but they might not go in the order in which you think. So the one that I like second best out of all these is what if the Watcher broke his oath? Now, as I talked about at the beginning, the Watcher is this kind of cosmic individual who's watching all of these things happen. And uh, he only ever interacts with one of those characters throughout all the episodes I've talked about so far, which I wasn't surprised with completely because I was like, yeah, that'd be the one that who kind of notices him and whatnot. Anyway. Uh, the Watcher basically goes around and has to deal with a threat, a super crazy threat that is going to basically destroy the entire multiverse. And he goes around, the Watcher does, and picks out, cherry picks individuals from these various timelines, the ones that we've kind of talked about so far. And he makes his kind of guardians of the multiverse, a group of individuals that would have enough power and enough synergy to come together to fight and destroy this new threat. I thought that was so cool. It felt kind of Avengers-esque to me. And it was just cool to see all of these stories tied up together. Because with a series like this, when you do a season finale, it 
I think it would be really hard. You know, it's not like with Star Wars Visions, I don't think they were like, we're going to tie all the animation and the story together. Like, that wasn't the point of that one. But here, even still, Marvel finds a way to take all these desperate groups and individuals and storylines and tie them together. And I really love that. The one little jarring thing, and I think a lot of people felt this too, is that because there was an episode starring Gamora and Tony Stark that I think got pushed back to the second season. They pull Gamora in and it's kind of like, oh, where is she from? But because the show is so crazy, you can just kind of accept. You're just like, oh, sure, that's fine. We'll just like bring her in. I don't care. I just want to see Gamora uh, hanging out with this other crew. But the individuals they pick out for this group, if I remember correctly, are uh, Gamora, who is like a Thanos slayer or something. Uh, That's kind of what they call her. She's got like the Thanos double sword and armor and stuff, which is great. Thor. Captain Carter, uh, Evil Doctor Strange, Killmonger, uh, and then also Black Panther. But the Black Panther we know from T'Challa became Star-Lord. I think that's pretty much everybody. Uh, It's just an interesting group of characters. I'm like, wow, this is so fascinating Like to have this crew together. Um, And I apologize in advance. There are a few others that come in. Uh, as well, but I don't want to completely spoil everything. But I just thought it was an interesting episode. It felt very much like original Avengers plus kind of Infinity War slash Endgame with who they're all going up against. And I thought that was really cool. It was a nice way to kind of bring it back and uh, show them all as a group, all these storylines converging, this confluence, as it were. Uh, But yeah, I liked it. I thought that was cool. But my favorite episode... Finally, we're there for anyone who's still listening. Uh, <laughs> Jason, that's you. Uh, anyway, um, is what if Ultron won? This is the second to last episode. And it's something that's near and dear to my heart uh, for people who've been watching for a long time or listening for a long time. Ultron is one of my favorite Marvel villains. One of my favorite Avengers villains might be my favorite Avenger villain of all time. Because, well, for a few reasons, the original version of him is kind of brought to life by Hank Pym, uh, who you guys would know as the original Ant-Man. But in the movies, it's a kind of a love child between Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, which also works, too. It doesn't really matter. But it was voiced and acted by the wonderful James Spader. Please check out The Blacklist. They didn't pay me to say this. I just really like that show. Anyway. I wish they would have gotten James Spader back for this, but the individual they have um, who's doing the voice here is great, too. Uh, but I love Ultron because Ultron is such a scary, crazy character. Uh, I think a lot of people who like DC Comics can kind of relate if you enjoy Brainiac. But basically, this is a robot that has crazy artificial intelligence. And no matter what you do, typically... If you try to destroy him, there are a thousand other ones and he is everywhere simultaneously. And it's like, how do you fight something like that? Like, even if you're one of Earth's mightiest heroes, like you could smash and crash and bash all day long. It's not going to matter because Ultron is just going to come back uh, or he's just going to make himself stronger or you're fighting 500 of him somewhere and he's in a warehouse on the other side of the planet making, you know, more or whatever it is going to be. But Ultron to me is so scary and he's one of the villains that actually has his own age in the comics like he wins for an extended period of time and you get a little taste of that again here too where he is 
becoming unstoppable. Like he wins the day and then Thanos shows up. And this is, I think, kind of near the beginning. But he Thanos shows up with the Infinity Gauntlet and Ultron kind of looks at him. This is probably one of the biggest spoilers. But he looks at him. He's like, oh, that's interesting. And he uses, because at this point, Ultron, I think, has the Mind Stone. And he just lasers like Thanos in half. And takes, you know, Infinity Stones. And you're like, oh my gosh. So this is like Ultron in the Vision's body the way that he wanted originally. And then also with Infinity Stones. And then he gets to this point where he sees the Watcher. Like, this is what comes out at the end of that Thor episode. It's like, that's the best part of it for me where Ultron shows up. And so Ultron starts invading the multiverse. And he starts by like, he finds the Watcher. And the Watcher's like, oh my gosh, she can see me. And uh, only one other person so far in the series has really done that. But he goes to fight him and goes throughout the multiverse kind of conquering everything. And there's like a pretty interesting fight scene uh, with the Watcher where there's like punches being thrown, where it's like breaking various universes. And it just goes crazy insane. And it's just nice to see a little vindication, a little validation for my boy Ultron. Like, it's just so great because I love that character and just watching him, like, finally, like, rise to that apex of power where he's basically unstoppable or he's just about unstoppable because, you know, villains, they they seem like they're completely and utterly unstoppable until they're not. But that episode was great because it felt like way more of what I was hoping for with Avengers Age of Ultron. Not that that movie is bad, but I just wanted more time. Like maybe even a time jump in that movie where it would have been like a year and Ultron would have like won for that, you know, quote unquote for that amount of time. But it was just kind of cool to see like the aftermath of the universe being taken over by Ultron, who's just like this. He's a force not only of nature, but just of the cosmos and like if an artificial intelligence got to that level and was just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to wipe everything out like everywhere, not just this universe, every universe. It's like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) that's freaky. But it's cool to see represented in this. And again, this medium of what if as this kind of CG animated series lends itself to it so well, where if you wanted to do this live action, it's not that it would be impossible. It would just be so difficult to do. And there's a lot of like things, especially with the Infinity Stones, where, you know, you could do almost anything with them. And it's so tricky to keep that in line uh, if you want to move forward on a story. You know, that's where it gets it gets kind of crazy. But I really enjoyed it. And again, I just am also a big Ultron fan. So that's why it's probably number one for me. But it also felt like the one with the most gravitas, along with the Watcher broke his oath. Uh, Those two are kind of the wrap up for the season. And while they're doing a season two, I just don't know what they're going to do. If they're going to try to tie them all in together again, if we're going to try to talk about another villain. uh, I think one of the big things is to pull from what they've already done versus kind of, you know, throwing Galactus in because I think Galactus is coming in the like live action Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. I'm not sure. Uh, Either way, I just think it's so cool. Uh, that the series exists, and I think, again, depending on which characters you like, there will be ones that you kind of gravitate towards, and other episodes are going to be like, eh, I'm not as big a fan of that. But again, for me, none of them are bad. I think all the performances are pretty good, and I actually really like the art style. I think it was really nice. I was kind of surprised, because usually I'm like, eh, not as big a fan of that, but then I like, looked at this like, man, that looks great. That looks really nice. 
But yeah, that's kind of my ranking, as it were, of the Marvel What If series. Again, from the bottom to the top, it was What If Thor Were an Only Child, Zombies, T'Challa Became Star-Lord, Captain Carter Were the First Avenger, The World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes, Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark, Doctor Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands, The Watcher Broke His Oath, and Ultron won. And obviously, What If precedes all of those. But yeah, also... You could go anywhere uh, in season two with this. That's the kind of fun, I bet, freeing thing for a lot of the people working on these that you could. It's kind of whatever storyline you can think of and maybe some characters who you feel are underserved or maybe it's like, let's give them a different angle instead. There's a lot of different things you could do with it. And this series could go on infinitely. It really could. That's kind of the point. Uh, And hopefully, you know, in a way, this will allow Marvel to continue playing around with the multiverse stuff, whereas the live action stuff is starting to dabble more in that. But I don't know if they'll be able to do it forever because you want to have stakes still versus, you know, just like if somebody dies or something bad happens, you can just jump to another universe. So I think they might try to kind of coalesce the the mainline stuff potentially, whereas what if can just kind of be, oh, yeah, multiverse is still going on. You want to check that out? Go for it. Yeah, but I have no idea what they're going to do. <laughs> I really don't. And I'm excited to see on both fronts, live action and here and whatever else they decide. Ah, I just, I still like it. I still, I'm still a big fan of all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, well, that is kind of my talk about what if. Uh, I really want to hear what you guys seriously think about this because I'm curious to know if there are people out there who watch this and were like, this was great all the way through or it has ups and downs or where do you fall? Seriously, I want to know. And then also, if you had to pitch an episode of What If, who's your main character? What's the twist? What are you going to do differently? They've already done mine. If Ultron won, that's like, it's perfect. I'd be so excited. (laughs) I'd be like, yes, that's the one. Uh, That is the one. Well, now it's time to move into that segment of the show, though, that I like to call, that you like to call, that we all like to call Time Killers. That's right. It's time for Time Killers. So what have I been killing time with? Well, I keep saying Hades, but it's been a little while since I've touched Hades. It's been good. I played in the Halo Infinite um, kind of test, flight test. It was fantastic. If you have enjoyed Halo in the past, you are going to enjoy this, I think. Uh, it just felt so tight and responsive, felt very polished, and I was just so happy to be playing Halo again. I was like, oh, baby, like this is, yeah, I'm like, yep, I'm on board. I'm on board <laughs> already. And to think it's going to be free to play, like it's just, it's mind boggling to me. But Halo is still super fun, really interesting. And uh, I was playing with a few of my other buddies, you know, Joe. Uh, old podcast co-host and Drew and we were playing against other people and they were very good but then we also popped into some AI matches and you can kind of tweak the level of difficulty I think with those AI but they were great they were it's such a great way to learn the game and I know a lot of people are kind of like yeah I don't want to play against AI or whatever but it's a really good refresher to kind of understand how Spartans move and their hitboxes and all that stuff so yeah uh, if you're going to hop into Halo Infinite and you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to play against people right away, there is there are the AI matches and there's also the training grounds where you can try out old favorite weapons like the battle rifle. Oh, gosh, it feels good. But newer guns like this kind of rail spike thing that 
uh, is like a sniper rifle. It can like one hit people, but I also found it recently. If you hit a vehicle with it, it'll just blow that up too. It's amazing. I was like, oh, I like this thing a lot. <laughs> Already, I was like, that's cool. Anyway, that was really fun. I also jumped on, in on the Battlefield 2042 open beta that happened really recently. And it was fine. I thought it was all right. There were a lot of glitches with it. Uh, I'm really curious to see what kind of state that comes out in because I believe it comes out in November. Uh, but I was having a decent time with it. I wasn't playing with any friends at the time, unfortunately, which for me, games like that really live and die by the whole, you know, if you're playing with your buddies and having a fun time type of thing. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was all right. I am also not a Battlefield um, expert or veteran by any means. I've played a couple of them in the past. And I can't really speak to all the things that are there or are not there. I've heard kind of some mixed, not so great things from other people. But I'm curious to see what that looks like, especially with friends coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Because my buddies were like, oh, yeah, you got to come play Battlefield with us. And I was like, oh, maybe. And I'm way more interested in something like that than Call of Duty, where Call of Duty can be so much fun. It's so tight and focused and the gunplay is great. But I just like the craziness and the openness of Battlefield. It's just like you want to drive a four-wheeler around for a while, jump in a tank, hop in a helicopter, <laughs> snipe on a rooftop, like whatever you want to do, it's it's all there for you. So here's hoping that launches in a great state. Uh, let's see, as far as movies and TV and stuff go, man, what have I been watching? I don't know. Uh, I got into Blacklist Season 8 that just came onto Netflix, uh, so I've been enjoying that. Uh, but just a hodgepodge of stuff, just things in here and there. I watched Back to the Future recently, uh, which I haven't seen in a long time. I might go watch Back to the Futures 2 and 3. I thought it was pretty good. The interesting thing about that movie is I know a lot of people, you know, have loved it for so many years. But for someone who's never, like, I've enjoyed the franchise from what I remember. But I think I've only ever seen them all maybe like once, maybe twice. But just looking and watching the setup in Back to the Future 1 of all the little things in the beginning of that movie set up and pay off. Like, because if you watch it for the first time, there's a bunch of stuff in there that you're probably going to miss. But you watch it the second time, you're like, oh, they're setting that thing up. They're setting that thing up. They're setting that thing up. And uh, it works out pretty well. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And clearly, it resonated so much with people and fans that they made 2 and 3. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but besides that, man, not too much. Oh, yeah, I've all the way caught up on My Hero Academia. My gosh, such a good show. I'm really sad that it's the end of the season because the season finale didn't feel completely like a season finale. It felt very much like a, well, the good stuff's coming. Like, not that the season was bad by any stretch. It was great. All the seasons of that show are amazing. But there was part of me that was like, oh, man, I just want to see the next like two or three episodes. Uh, but there is a little bit more of a focus on the villains in the back half of the season, which I really appreciated because I like the villains. The villains are great. Uh, and I'm also caught up on Black Clover. Please check out Black Clover. Uh, I keep talking about it all the time on here, but it is I think it's kind of an underrated gem. Uh, please, please check it out. It's it's such an interesting show to watch and just try to comprehend in the anime atmosphere because it's not completely your classic shonen thing like shonen jump type thing but it has a lot of things like that i don't know i don't know how to describe it because it probably is a shonen jump thing but i just there's something that makes it feel distinctly unique i'm still tr trying to figure that out 
Anyway, uh, that right there is going to do it for this episode of the Critical Podcast. I hope you guys had a good time. As you guys could probably tell, this was an audio-only version. Oh, my gosh. I was asking people, and it seemed like most people who were watching on YouTube here, um, if you are watching on YouTube, were not necessarily watching the video itself. They are just kind of listening to the audio, which for everybody, just so you know, we are on Spotify and Apple and a bunch of other places. So if you ever want, just download to download it or listen to the podcast any on any of those places too. That's whatever you want to do, whatever's easiest for you. I just wanted to put it out there for everybody. So if you didn't know that, I'm everywhere. We're everywhere. <laughs> so just look up the critical podcast. You should be able to find it. Uh, but yes, if you want to support us, if the place on which you are watching or listening to this has a place to leave a review, I would love a review, good or bad. It would just be nice to hear what you guys think about it. And obviously, the show has changed a lot and it's not um, coming out as much as it used to. But I hope you guys are still getting a kick out of it. And please let me know, do you want an audio-only format? Are there people out there who prefer the video format? You know, I just want to know. I want to know what is the best way to provide entertainment to you guys. And again, thank you to Simon for suggesting this episode. If anybody out there has something, a movie, a show, a game, or whatever you want me to focus an entire episode on, I will totally do it. I really will, uh, as evidenced by this episode. Uh, so please never hesitate. And also, if you have any guests you'd like to hear on the show anytime, please let me know or reach out to them via Twitter or whatever and tag me in it. Uh, cause that honestly goes a lot further than me reaching out. But most people I reach out to are usually very responsive and nice anyway. A huge, huge thank you by the way, to our patrons who are making this stuff happen. Uh, they're also getting this episode a day early. Uh, so if you want to consider checking that out, it's oh, sorry for $5, not patrons, they get it a day early. Um, but even $1 is just a great way to help support myself uh, because I'm the guy running this. I run everything on Critical Reviews. So uh, if you check out the Instagram or TikTok or whatever else, like that's pretty much all me. <laughs> I do get help from time to time, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, things have changed a little bit as you guys have seen, but I'm going to keep trying to, to do this show as much as I can. Uh, but yes, please, your feedback is always welcome, and I appreciate all of you guys who listened. If you listened to the end of the show, give yourself a pat on the back just from me, and uh, maybe comment somewhere or tweet at me or wherever, or from the Discord if you want to do that too. Um the hashtag or just the phrase, um, Ultron is the best. That's right. Ultron is the best. If you say that to me, I'll know you made it all the way to the end. Anyway, thank you guys so much. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. <laughs>